One, two, three, let's go. You're listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. Hello, everyone. It's Ryan or Ryla Rue with WJMS Media. I'm excited that I have 180 Mindset with me today. How are you today? Doing all right. Happy to be here. Good. I'm happy that you're here as well. For starters, tell me where you're from. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Hopefully people know. I'll just say Dallas because that's kind of the area people know for real. But I'm from Texas, a Southern baby. So I know you said you would just say Dallas, but I'm a firm believer of saying where you're exactly from. So tell me about your city. Okay, so Fort Worth, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs, so it wasn't really much going on for real. I mean, I kind of was in like the same area. Everywhere just looked familiar. So whenever I started learning how to drive, it wasn't really much to go. So, but yeah, it was pretty cool down there for the most part. I mean, down in the city is where music was really happening. Like that's where I feel like cities is where a lot of opportunities for music really thrive. But wherever I'm at, I was really just the only person that rapped in my rap group. So whenever I was like, oh, let's freestyle. It was like, bro, bro, you know we can't do that, bro. Like, you're the only person that can do that, bro. But, yeah, for the most part, I like where I grew up, so pretty cool. Okay, what's one thing in your city that is memorable for you? So, with me, I've never heard of that city before. So, if you wanted to tell me about your city, what's something that would stand out about it? That's the thing. Probably some food spots maybe around. I mean, like Texas Roadhouse, I guess, which would probably be in different areas of Texas. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's not really much that's really that big in Fort Worth. Like Dallas Mm -hmm. and Fort Worth have to come together in order for us to be relevant at this point. But I would just say like the food spots, the country spots, that's really kind of the big stuff I would say. But Okay, that's still something memorable. Tell me the story behind your stage name. Okay, so with 180 Mindset, I am a Christian artist, so I make music for, for God. And so my name before was The Message, but it was so generic that I was like, I'm really just trying to be different. I'm looking at all my favorite creatives and the ones that I like the most are just unique with it. So I was like, what can I really do? My biggest thing with 180 mindset was like 180 basically means to turn. 360 would mean to take a full circle, but you don't want to go back into your problems again. But 180 means to like turn and then the mindset goes together. But even a bigger thing with 180, you know, scripture speaks on repentance, which means to turn. You know, repentance by itself just means to turn, but repentance from whatever, you know, you just put those together. But that's kind of where I got my name from. So I'm making my ultimate goal to break down definition of repentance because it can be really kind of like confused. Like people may think that it just means to confess sins, but it really just means to change. Like repentance ain't just words. It's action. Like, you really got to do something with that. So that's kind of where I got my name from. That is so interesting. And I was trying to guess at first and I was like, 180 mindset. What could that be? And I was on the right track because I was like 180. And immediately I thought about like degrees. I don't know Ooh. why my mind went immediately to that. And I was like, 
180. He's turning the other way because a full 360. And that's, that's crazy that you said that because I was like a full 360 would be a complete circle ending up right where you started. But 180 means you're turning like almost like a reflection, but the other side of the reflection, if that makes sense, or or the other side of the rainbow. And that's honestly what I was thinking. So I think that's pretty interesting because I like to just kind of guess. And then I'll ask, like, was I close? So I think I was pretty close. That's cool. What genre of music did you grow up around? Definitely hip hop for the most part. Like, I mean, gospel as well. Gospel rap kind of made me what I am today. Definitely loved jazz and soulful stuff. Just different stuff. I'm really a music head, if you will. Like, it don't really matter what it is. I used to hate on country, but and being from the South is like, why? But I don't know what kind of happened. It just kind of sounded a little bit good. I'm not going to say I like it that much, but it's not bad. Also. Okay. What is your main inspiration? Well, growing up, listening to gospel rap, you know, you got... I'm pretty sure most people know Lecrae, but there was different people in the circle as well that I was listening to as well. That was just an impact. It was like their music, it's not really mainstream. So it's not really saying anything that's degrading women or anything that's really about to be a bad narrative for the young folk. Because that's the thing. People don't understand that music is really a form of education. Like people don't know that it's teaching people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's kind of the biggest inspiration I had. I was listening to secular music as well a little bit. I don't listen to it no more. Just It it got convicted. I ain't going to say that it wasn't hard though. J. Cole is hard. But it was just the lyrical rappers like J. Cole or Denzel Curry or J.I.D., you know, Dreamville. Most people like that. They were the few ones in the secular area that was actually preaching something that was going to help out the youth or help about the communities. So when it came to just lyrical people like that, the way that they do their stanzas, their rhyme schemes and different things like that, it kind of helped me out. And so now I'm just doing melodic and lyrical. And I don't really, really have a zone for real, but those were really what made me who I am today. So Okay. And what is your creative process like? And how is your ideal writing environment? So the way I do it, I can't really lie. I can't lie on my raps. I can only like live life and then just speak on experience and then make that relevant to other people. So like other people is going through something that ties to it. You know, I'm young. I'm only 19. Within this generation, we all have something that we all can relate to, empathize with. I just really just write about my experience. I I started writing backwards because it was like, I had a chorus or something in my head and, you know, just write that down. And then I'll do the verse later or a verse at the end that, you know, I don't know. The way I do it is very complex, I'll say. My writing school is very complex. But but yeah, that's kind of how I do it for real. Tell me about the latest music that you've released. Last song I dropped was a song called Lock In. It was basically talking about like transition from last year, my freshman year of college. Transition from first year to second year. I was in the bad influences. There was a lot of bad influences during my first semester of freshman year. And it was very distracting. Like it also was distracting me on my faith walk. So I'm over here kind of being a counterfeit Christian, if you will, not really being real in my faith, real in my walk. And so second semester was like, you found those good influences and now it's time to lock in. Now it's time to get focused. Now it's time to get back on to what you was called to do instead of straying away. Because I took a pause, I took a hiatus from what was really valuable. 
I'm just doing things that's meaningless. So that was my last song. But I do got some stuff in the works. Got some more stuff that's relevant to what's going on and just some different genres of music. So I can't wait to drop it, but I've just been slacking. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the listeners will be very excited for what you have to come in store. So even with the song, you said it's Locked In. That's the name of it? Locked In, yeah. So even with that song, what was the most challenging about writing that? thing with me is... I don't know if you can see already, but I'm very talkative. So with me being very talkative, it is a reflection in my music. So that song could have been longer. But I realized that nowadays people's attention spans is very short. So like two minutes or three minute max is how songs go. I could go longer, but people ain't trying to hear all that. <laughs> that was kind of the hardest thing, trying to like shorten down the song and then also not make it sound like everybody else. Like I want to be completely authentic. I don't want to be a copy of someone. And even with being a Christian rapper, I don't want to have to be the Christian version of a mainstream artist. I want to be authentically myself, authentically my age, authentically the person that God made me to be. So yeah, that was kind of the tough thing. It's very tough trying to, you know, you can take things, take influence from different music out there, but don't try to copy it. Once you copy it, now you stole. Like, you didn't make it better or something like that. You basically just stole their flow. And I don't steal flows. I make my own. So, Your music obviously has a message behind it. What are you wanting your listeners to understand about your music? I would say, you know, to be honest, to be completely honest, to not try to hide nothing. I mean, you know, when it comes to my music, that's the way I've always been to of course, I've vent up to God mostly, but then when I make the music, it's to empathize with people because I know that they're going through some similar things. So my main thing that I want people to get out of it is just to be honest. I'm making honest, authentic Christian music. Most of the time, Christian music can be happy, and I don't got nothing wrong with happy Christian music because I'll make some. But at the mm-hmm. same time, are you always happy? Are you always up? Sometimes you're not. Sometimes you got to go through the rough patch. Now, I will say that even with the songs that may sound rough, I will always have a message around the end that is the, you know, the rise in action. Like, you don't always got to stay low. God will come in at the end. He is a superhero at the end of the day. So you're not always going to stay low. That's what I want people to get out of it. Mostly get the message out of it and mostly get him out of it. Because my thing is, I know I'm the face of the music. I know people are seeing me. This is a gift that is from God. I don't want to be prideful with this gift. I'm only glorifying him with it. So that's really what I want people to get out of it. Hopefully receive that relationship with Christ you know, even through the music. That is a humble and transparent response. I absolutely love it. And you're right. I believe the same thing. I believe sometimes God will utilize his children to get a message across. I'm a firm believer of that. When you're writing, do you write beforehand or are you more so like a freestyle and just keep it going like that? I'm going more into your creative process. So are you more so like, let me just freestyle what's on my mind or let me just sit down and really think about what I want to write? Or is it a little bit of both? It's a little bit of both, but it's probably mostly I'm a lyricist. So like most of that is like pen and pad. I need that. But I mean, ever since I came up to Chicago for college, all these jokers do down here is freestyle. So like it's it's like a necessity. You need to do that. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of leaning towards both styles, but the way that I got up was pen and pad. So. Do you think that being around people that freestyle more, do you think that that encourages you to learn how to freestyle more? Do you think that it's a strengthening tool? 
It's, it's definitely a strengthening tool because when I went back down to Texas, they was like, this dude hasn't stopped freestyling for the last 10 minutes. So I was like, it also helps as a lyricist. Like for pen and pad, it helps you be quick on your feet. So now you're quick on your feet in regular speech and then you're quick on your feet on the page. And it's like, you get to write these raps like 15 minutes flat or 30 minutes flat. You just get faster with your creative style when you do that. So, so who would be a dream collaboration for you? I did mention how I did stop listening to secular music just because it was convicting, even though that stuff was fine. J. Cole was going to be that dude. But now, you know, I grew up on Christian rap. These guys have been my biggest influence. And don't get me wrong, Christian rap is fire too. So I would say KB, you know him. He's one of my favorite artists as well. Just a lot of different people within the, the Christian hip-hop space. Jay Monty, Lecrae, I was his number one fan. I'm not fanboying over dude no more, but he would be fire to collab with wouldn't mind you know just a few people like that what skills do you believe are most useful in the music industry so we just mentioned freestyling at first you know you weren't really freestyling until you were put in an environment where people are freestyling around you all the time and you're like hold on let me get on this train too so what are some other skills that you believe are very useful within the music industry where you're like i think that you need to at least have a gist of this to advance or to grow Oh, there's a there's a bunch of skills when it comes to it. It's like, I think you also got to be teachable when it comes to the music industry. Because it's like, in order to get far, you got to listen to sound advice. I think it was like, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. Like, it's the same. If you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go together. You got to find different people within the music industry. They got to find a group or something. Like whether you independent or on a label, which I'm probably going to be more independent, but you still need a group. You still need a team. So I think you need to be teachable, like so you can listen and you need to be humble, very humble in order to get far as well. You also got to have drive. Resilience is a big thing. So I know everybody gets burnt out and they me feel like it might even, is this even my calling? Am I even worth it? Me personally, I believe that's the enemy trying to bring doubt, but like, you got to have that drive. You got to have the resilience, endurance to push past and keep it moving. But yeah, those are the few skills I got. Why do you think a lot of people become burnt out? They overwork. I think you can have resilience without overworking yourself. Like you got to find that happy median, I would say. And then like, even like just overthinking. It's a lot of overs that people do to get them burnt out. They doing too much. <laughs> they got to sit down. They got to rest. And when you you try to act like a machine instead of realizing that you're a human, mm -hmm. like that's what gets you burnt out. That's what gets you wiped. I think sometimes with people being on constant go, I think that's another issue of how they become burnt out because they don't want to get left behind. But I think that when people understand that you're kind of at your own pace, and I understand what they mean by not wanting to be, quote unquote, left behind. But when you're at your own pace, there's really not a such thing as being left behind because you're your own person. And that's where that comparison that people start to do within other artists comes in and it becomes an issue. And so I think that people have to constantly remind themselves that, yes, I want to get at this goal, but there are also steps in the process that I have to take in order to get to that goal. That goes back to us talking about fast and far and people try to go so fast, but I'm also a, a believer of a fast life is a, a fast ending too sometimes. And, and I'm a journey person. And that brings me to my next question. Are you more of a journey person or a destination person? And either one of them are fine, but what's your preference? Man, that's a deep question. Hold on. <laughs> it um, is deep. <laughs> so destination meaning like you just trying to get it done 
A destination could be a goal. So mm. let's say your goal is to have 5,000 extra followers by the end of the year. That's your destination or goal. Your journey could be, I'm doing this to get these followers up. I'm being active on social media. I'm consistently posting. And, you know, I think that it's not a right or wrong answer. As for me, like I said, it's the journey. I just love the journey. I love the grind behind it, the the grit behind it. But some people just like the destination. They're like, I mean, yeah, I could care less about the other stuff. I made it. And that's okay if that's the way that you feel. So I was just curious to know, what do you like the most? Do you like the journey more? Or it's like, I made it. I made my goal. This was my goal. And I made it to that goal. I'm probably more on the journey side of things because not just the journey on my own, but the journey with people. Because I feel like if we go down that that road together, then we'll eventually get to the destination. But I don't think it should stop at the destination. Mm -hmm. I think that we should keep going. Mm -hmm. Gotta keep going. Because this is not where it ends. We got so many other different goals that are set on the plate. So I can't just stop there. So I would say I'm more of a journey person. So have you ever participated in any music competitions? Okay, so there was like this like BSU thing, Black Student Union thing that happened at my college, and they had like an open mic competition, and I never heard of that before. I was just more set on like open mics, like, but nah, I didn't win that at all. I got white. But I've been in like showcases, a bunch of showcases and different things like that, but not so much open mic competitions. So even going back to the open mic competition, What do you feel like you could have done better to possibly win or would have increased your chances of winning? Not even just winning. What do you think you could have done better overall with that performance? Stage presence, delivery, really a a confidence. A lot of things was a factor for that. Like the dude that, you know, like he literally cleared me. Shout out to Nate Vintage. He's like a super MC. So dude got the crowd involved in different things like that, which is what MCs do. And he had a bunch of confidence. So he, he didn't have fear of anything like that. My nerves was racking, so I couldn't really get through it, honestly. But that's probably a factor. All right. So you said stage presence. So what do you do now to energize the crowd, to get the crowd involved? Different things like trying to get them to recite the chorus, because obviously they can't get the lyrics down pat. But if they can get the chorus down, trying to make more catchy songs so that they can get involved with that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just trying to see how everybody's doing, trying to raise up the energy. Because especially if I'm doing a hype song, I'm not about to have these people just sit standing there looking at me. Like, <laughs> we about to get moving. So I'm about to do a show of some sorts in October called Clever Cyphers. It's at the Subterranean down in Chicago. But I think that I'm going to have to use all those things in order to be better with my performance. So. Yeah. And that's the thing about these different experiences that you have. And that's the beauty of the experiences, because whether you may have looked at it as a failure, success is failure turned upside down. There we go. Those failures shouldn't just be looked at in a negative way. You have to look at those failures as, okay, yes, I didn't do my best. I could have done better, but I can take what I learned. I can take those lessons and implement those towards my next performance or implement that towards my everyday life as as an artist. And I think that once you have that mindset, you have no choice but to continue to grow because you're acknowledging what you did. You're acknowledging what you can do better and you're applying that to your everyday life. So if you're going by that and you're being true to yourself, 
you have no choice but to continue to elevate and you're going to get better as time goes by. And once you start to go back and look at things you used to do versus what you're doing now, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I used to do that. But you're also going to be like, I used to do that and look at me now. And so that's why I think it's so beautiful to look at those quote unquote failures or look at those times where you probably didn't do your best because it also shows you how far you've come. And that's so important. And I think that's like the beauty of being humble too, because you're able to still go back and look at those things that you used to do, but you're also seeing where you come and you, and that's the journey. <laughs> that's the beauty of the journey because you're seeing, this is where I used to be. And this probably was a destination for me. Maybe my destination was getting on that stage for the first time and just letting them know who I was then that's okay. But now you're at a whole different thing. And that's what's so beautiful about journeys is they keep going, they keep happening. And it kind of leaves people on the edge of your seats, like your fans, it leaves them on the edge. Like, okay, he loves the journey. So I wonder what the next journey is going to be. I wonder what is he going to drop next, you know? So what has been the best performance so far? I mean, a couple of these like intimate open mic spots where they're just like very enclosed. I feel like pretty comfortable down there. I think I did the song called Resurface, but I did like the acoustic version of it. So I had my homie like play the piano in the back and getting the crowd together with that, with clapping, I was like, yo, give me a little snap, like different things like that, just to give me some tempo on it. That was probably like the best performance I was at so far. Then. So it's more so the intimacy of the area that you were in you said it was acoustics and acoustics is pretty nice. It's more of like an intimate setting. And I feel like that would help engage the crowd a little bit more with you, even though they're not. Because see, when people think about engagement, they think, oh, I have to be hype all the time. And not necessarily. It could be having that crowd really listen to you. And that's one of the beauties of acoustics, because it creates that more intimate area, that intimate setting. And it really pulls the crowd to listen to what you're saying. And so I think that's pretty cool too. So you said the name of the song was Resurface. Tell me about that song. So that song I wrote during my senior year of high school. And basically I was like, I'm just really kind of acting fake in my walk. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to resurface. I got to get back on top of things. I, I hear the plan that God has made for me, but I keep on ignoring it and trying to throw it in the trash. I'm realizing how lukewarm I'm really acting. So I had to get back on top of things. So I, I made that song. One of my homies like produced it. Then when I got up here, I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm really liking more of the acoustic feel of things. Like I'd rather have that than a backing track. Mm -hmm. So hearing the acoustic version, I was like, then go on. I'd rather perform it that way than have a backing track. But that's really what the song's about. You know that had to be good when you said that thing go hard. Whenever someone say that, you know, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know most of the time, you know, like, yeah, this is the one. What do you think has been the most surprising about the music industry, good or bad? The the negative sides that I've seen on the music industry has just been the things that you have to do in order to be popular, in order to be relevant. And the thing is now that even with me being independent, you still got to learn the different ways of the music industry because it's like, for me, right, you'll never see me say anything provocative, bring about debauchery, cuss, do any of that stuff within my music because of what, who I represent. But even mm -hmm. still, you still see different things that's like, that's what you have to do in order to get popular. You got people that don't even be shooting or killing folk, but they only said that so they can get the money because mm -hmm. where they came from, like they came from the hood, they came from these different spots. And it was like, this is the only way to make it out. So I have to say this, I have to do this for women. 
I respect women to the teeth, but to see that they have to do these different things in order to please men or do different things to get big in the industry, that's why it's a cycle. Like, mm-hmm. for example, no diss to Ice Spice. You know, I definitely pray for her. No diss to Mulatto or Cardi B or anything like that. But the only reason that they got up to where they got, then no one's listening to what they're saying. they only looking at them. Like, they can't wait for the music video to drop. And if they are listening to what they're saying, I ain't going to get too deep into it. But, you know, they just got some wild fantasies that they got. So that's the only reason why they do that. No one's really listening for talent. They just, it's lust. It's just different things like that, that I'd say in the music industry is just flawed. And that's just kind of how it is when you live in a fallen world. But, you know, with me being on the other side of things, I'm trying to bring light to my music. You know, hip hop, a lot of people say hip hop is dying. Well, then I'm bringing life to it. So that's what I'm doing with my music. Okay. And tell me again, you said you have an upcoming performance that you're going, uh, or an event that you're going to participate in. And tell me one more time about that. So it's, uh, have you heard of the Subterranean? Mm-mm. Okay. So it's this uh, bench space, um, or I think it's low-key a bar, might be, but okay. it's the place where a lot of artists go to do tours and different things like that. But one of the people that used to go to our college actually used it as a place for people to showcase their talent like it's it's like an open mic but you have to do you got to text them in advance you can't do like the sign up sheet type deal you have to do all that beforehand and so i talked to them like a couple months ago about it so i could get my space like locked in and so yeah i'm basically gonna have a 15 minute set i'm gonna perform about three to four songs maybe four to five possibly something like that that's kind of a place where you put your name out there a lot of chicago artists go over there but really anybody from any area the way that chicago like embraced me people don't even know that i'm from somewhere else until they hear like a little little bit of twang or something like that but <laughs> but yeah that's that's kind of um subterranean that's that's where it's at what is one message or a piece of advice that you would give someone that is seeking to get into the industry don't switch up for nobody don't ever switch up for nobody you know the only person that you should be trying to please in my opinion is the father the lord so i would say just be careful who you talk to which is what I still got to do because I'm not even really like deep into it yet. I'm still trying to form different groups and also collaborate with the right people as well. Whether or not you deep in the music industry, whether or not you got to sign papers, it's just be wise with the people that you're around. Because if you're not comfortable with these people, if they're not cooperative, they ain't no reason to even be over here because now they wasting your time. So definitely be wise of your time, know your worth, know your value, all that. And to you don't have to have a lot of resilience as well because I've had my times that I wanted to quit a lot. <laughs> Question if I even wanted to do this, but that I had that resilience, so. I appreciate how humble you are. You're very driven. You're very goal-oriented. And those are good aspects to have as an artist. Mm-hmm. So I think you're on a great path and I'm excited to know more because I will follow up and see how you're doing. I do wish you the best on your career. And I can definitely see you going far with this. Where can the listeners find you? Yeah, I'm on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, YouTube Music, Tidal, Amazon Music. I'm on everything. So I made that. I did that on purpose. But yeah. Okay. Well, I thank you for taking the time to interview with WJMS. Again, I'm excited to see what you have coming forth. Do you know if your upcoming event will be recorded that will be going on next month? I'll try to see who if I can find people to record it. I might even put it on live on my Instagram or something like that. But 
Okay. All right. Well, again, I thank you so much, 180 Mindset, for actually taking the time to interview with us today. And you enjoy the rest of your day, okay? Okay, you too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can check us out on our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Also check out our website at www.wjmsradio.com. And we also have a newsletter so you can subscribe and be up to date on everything.